Hi, this is Damien O'Doherty on the Lobby Pod with Center Maryland. It is National Intern Day, which if you are in the political space, uh, you know, uh, or any really space, it's the uh, bread and butter of so much of our career development and uh, really are in some ways the backbone of the way things get done, whether it's in Annapolis or City Hall in Baltimore or Washington, D.C. We are tickled today to bring you uh, three very special interns uh, here at Center Maryland because they are KO Public Affairs interns, which also means they are uh, working diligently to provide you with the best, most informative news they can through Center Maryland. So today we're joined by Stephen Hook. Sarah Walsh and Julianne Blackman. Welcome, y'all. How you doing? Hi, Damien. Well. Hi. Hey, Julianne. You have had a, a heck of a, a couple years here. I mean, you are what uh, getting out of school in the middle of a pandemic, and then you're trying to start a career in the middle of a pandemic. Talk to me about what that's like. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I just finished my freshman year of college, and because the whole year was basically during a pandemic, there was so much I wasn't able to do. It was much more difficult to make those connections, both with my peers, my professors, and people just in the political sphere, especially because I was in Boston, not back here in Maryland, where I am for the summer. So it's been really interesting doing everything online, but still trying to move forward. I'm always trying not to stop, to always keep moving forward, learning more, trying new things, seeing what I like. So it's been difficult, but I've been having a lot of fun. Steven, that's a pretty uh, a pretty articulate answer offered there, but it seemed like <laughs> uh, she might've been shielding us from some of the trauma she experienced in her, uh, in her time there. That's gotta be tough uh, being sort of a freshman or uh, you know, a senior uh, anywhere in that space. Uh, to have a whole year and even more kind of canceled out. I wonder how you are reacting to it, Stephen. Yeah, uh, it is hard to follow up, Julianne. She's <laughs> an amazing speaker. But uh, yeah, it's been difficult. Um, I, I started the pandemic as a junior, and now I'm kind of leaving the pandemic as a college freshman. Um, not something that I ever thought would happen in my life, but um, it is what it is. And um, I've kind of made the most of it. Uh, something I've been really proud of is so let me get that. The- let me get that real quick. So, so both your senior year and your freshman year were blown up. Is that what you're telling me? What, what, uh, no, I was a junior in uh, high school when it started. And now I'm going to be a freshman in college. Um, so it, yeah, it's just been difficult. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be an intern here at KO. Um, that's been a highlight for sure. Um, kind of just still doing what I want to do and uh, furthering my career path or uh, kind of on my path to a career I'm happy with. Um, and KO has been a really great experience for me. Sarah Walsh, you are at the University of Virginia. Yeah. Um, talk to me about how the uh, pandemic uh, has been uh, complicating your existence. Yeah. I mean, I've been able to have a really great experience at school, um, even with a virtual environment. But I think for me and for most people that I've talked to, what the remote learning has taught us is you have to be proactive if you want to get that help or if you want to get um, 
access to certain opportunities, um, kind of being forced to step out of your comfort zone and be proactive with your communication has been key um, for me to kind of get more involved, meet new people, um, get closer with my professors. So I think those communication skills um, that I was able to develop throughout my time at KL have definitely come in handy um, when actively seeking out opportunities when everything's fully remote. You know, KO, uh, we're always trying to, to shape and form and mold public opinion. And we do that at a very complicated intersection between community and government, and politics, and commerce. And I just wondered, uh, Julianne, what brought you to want to explore your career experience um, at KO? Kind of, it's kind of a, a niche place to get a start. So I'd be interested to hear. Um, what got you here and, 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 and how your current reality is matching up to your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for a while now, my ultimate career goal has to um, been working in campaign work, um, campaigning, working with politicians, which obviously is political communication is a huge, huge part of that, working with constituents and stuff like that. So I was definitely looking into something for the summer where I would get kind of, as you were talking about, that intersection between so many different fields, between politics, marketing, communication. And I think this has been a really great way to not only um, learn more about those fields, but to really get involved and be able to work with so many professionals in the field to learn really the inner workings of these things and just how much it takes to get something off the ground, whether that's um, proposed legislation or anything else that people might be working to get um, involving government and politics, just really seeing how that all goes together has been really helpful and informative for me. I remember when I was about your age, I was actually a little bit older, but I, I was at a fundraiser, um, I think for Terry Learman, Brooke Learman's dad, when he was running for Congress. And uh, uh, Mark Shriver, famous Shriver family, a, a wonderful public servant from the Montgomery County area said to me, so you're in politics? And I said, no, 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 I'm in policy. I'm in policy. <laughs> and he just got the biggest chuckle out of that. And, uh, and so is the work when you work with campaigns you, and you want to get into politics per se, you start to see that there's all sorts of other campaigns that are underway that may have nothing to do with candidates that might have to do with nonprofit organizations or uh, corporate causes. So there's a lot to see, Julianne. You've, uh, you feel like you're getting a decent view from where you are, or are you, uh, are you buried in the, in the sort of day-to-day -day monotony of public affairs? Uh, yeah, what's nice is I think I get a nice mix. Um, for me personally, I like um, organization. I like schedule. I like being able to, you know, do the same things every day. So with a lot of my work with, you know, newsletters and social media, I get that aspect. But there's also all sorts of things where I'm introduced to these new projects that I get to do um, smaller things for. So I really just get to look at the so many different kinds of clients that KO works with. And that's been just so interesting to get that nice balance of kind of in my comfort zone, but also going outside into so many different other projects. Stephen, all I wanted to do when I was a young person your age was was get on the plane of a presidential campaign. That was like my whole goal in life. I think I was smart enough to not aim higher than that. But uh, I'd love to hear about what your goals are and, uh, you know, maybe how KO can be useful in uh, helping you find some steps up those stairs. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, while Julianne was talking, I realized that we need to get talking more because I want pretty much the exact same thing. Um, my goal is to get on campaigns as soon as possible. Um, and I, I kind of want to get into that PR realm. Um, and Kayla was so attractive to me because you guys do so much and so many different things. Um, and I think it's just a great opportunity for interns that want to go into that field um, to kind of dip their toes in every aspect. Um, just like working on something for like cancer research. And then the next day I'm working for something with like the drug abuse problem. Um, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things here in Maryland that I didn't know we did. Um, and I've been really proud to work on all those things. Um, eventually I do wanna get into the DC um, campaigning area. Um, that is the end goal. More um, money, happy. more money down there. <laughs> I, pr I can promise you. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's not all of it, but I, I would be happy to work on Capitol Hill. Um, and KO is definitely a great first step for me. Yeah, we've got a bunch of uh, KO alums on the Hill and, and city halls and uh, a couple state legislatures with their, their uh, circle in the nation. Um, Sarah, you, you kind of came to us in an interesting way. We, we have an interesting intern program, I think, because not only do we get uh, young uh, college students and uh, sometimes some graduate students, but thanks to Judge Nicole Pastore uh, and her involvement with the Notre Dame wind term program, we've been actually uh, got some top flight interns that were in high school, believe it or not. Uh, and they are, are uh, became graduates of Notre Dame prep and, and went on to do great things. You were one of those uh, folks. That's how we found you, right? Um, talk to me about your experience with KO in the dynamic of kind of coming out of your high school environment. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a really exciting journey. I started at KO the summer after my junior year of high school, um, interning three days a week. Um, and from there, I was just exposed to a wealth of industries and perspectives and able to learn so much more about my community, um, Baltimore, that I've grown up, up in my whole life. So um, every summer I came back to KO, um, I work remotely during, I worked remotely during the school year, this whole past year at UVA. Um, I've been working part-time at KO and, um, it's just been such an amazing learning experience for me, a really dynamic learning environment. Um, and I was able to learn so much about the importance of communication, collaboration, um, and working together towards a common goal. Um, and the work that I've done with um, KO's team has really been so valuable in my development um, as I kind of navigate what career path I, I'm interested in and navigate school, just working in a team. Um, the skills that I've been able to develop throughout my time at KO has definitely um, shaped me as a student, as a person, um, and as a aspiring <laughs> young professional. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a great team environment for me. And it dynamic learning experience and yeah i'd be interested to know from you sarah and then uh julianne as well um steven as well if you could talk to me a little bit about whether the hard skill set you know in other words learning how to manage a social media editorial calendar or um you know, putting together the old fashioned, put together the press release or the media alert, those kind of hard skills, right? That I'll call them versus, you know, 
taking advantage of mentor mentee relationships or learning sort of softer skills about how to relate to people in the office or on a conference call. And now obviously zoom, what's the sort of for you, just as a, as a young person coming up in the career space, what kind of value is there if you had to break it down in percentages for soft versus hard skills, like where would you put the value for you all? You know, is it 90, 10 hard skills to soft skills or is it the other way around and just be interested to understand where you all get the value out of the experience? Yeah, I can get started on this one. I think for me, it's definitely been 50-50. I feel like throughout high school um, and most of like the academic English classes, you want to the writing style is so different than it would be in the real the real world per se. So my experiences at KO have really shaped me as a writer and um, allowed me to figure out how to convey a message briefly, concisely, while still um, getting on my content board, which has been really useful in business settings um, and other prof and professional settings. Um, so that's definitely one hard skill that um, my experiences at KO have definitely allowed me to grow and develop. Um, outside of the classroom, which is very valuable to me. And then on the soft skill side, um, one of my biggest takeaways from KO is kind of understanding and appreciating other perspectives and ideas and kind of working in that group dynamic where you listen to each other and value other perspectives and kind of use those differing ideas to create um, more, more creative solutions and kind of appreciating that differing of ideas and opinions. And I think that's one of the main soft skills that I've been able to translate throughout coursework and other, other professional settings. So I think that 50-50 balance um, for me has definitely been so useful throughout my um, career in college and um, outside of school. So yeah, 50-50, but, but I appreciate both ends. Julianne, what do you, what's your, how would you break it down for yourself? Yeah, I completely agree that it's a um, pretty even balance, I would say. For me, I would almost put the soft skills more above the hard skills, but maybe that's just because coming out of school, there's not really lots of opportunities to communicate, to collaborate, to reach out to people, to get help from people who have more experience. And in the workplace, it's so different. I mean, hard skills basically are, have been taught. I know when I first came on, Sarah was super helpful teaching me how to send out a newsletter, how to schedule social media. But it was the soft skills that, you know, even as an intern, being able and recognizing that I was even allowed to reach out to people and say, I'm really interested in this. Can I work on this? And that was what really helped me kind of shape my kind of place as an intern here was reaching out and communicating and listening and the hard skills almost seem to have taken a backseat to that at this point. Love it. Steven, what do you got? Yeah. So I would say mine's more 60, 40, hard to soft. Um, I, Kayla has taught me so many <laughs> Typical <things> guy, <laughs> right? Typical guy <laughs> putting less weight on the relational. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I just emotionally stunted. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like KO has taught me so many things I didn't even think I would want to know, um, especially working as an intern in a pandemic. I've never met any of the partners or done any of that. So I'm mostly teaching myself a lot of things from past documents and stuff like that. But learning how to write a proper mem 
memo or uh, requesting a grant through a letter, stuff like that is so valuable um, and just learning that writing style. Um, and something else that I just love about KO and the work that we do is not, not all of it is Democratic or Republican or conservative or liberal. It is kind of all over the place. So it's really helpful when I'm kind of forming my opinions at 18 um, on certain issues. It's great to be working and kind of understanding every problem as we get it. Um, and that's something that's super special about KO. One of the things that I found about the soft skills is, you know, it's, it's sort of the path to the culture, right? So the culture of public affairs, the culture of the world, when you're dealing with issues that are on the, the top of the Washington Post or Baltimore Sun, uh, website. You know, one thing that I always thought I had this real advantage over people in the political space was I felt that they were so dispassionate, if not cynical, you know, always sort of making jokes about the inadequacy of the operation or the campaign or making jokes about the failures of your candidate or your cause. And it just, to me, I was always like, it seems like we could add so much value by being positive instead of negative and and I always was really passionate and threw my whole heart into it and I never understood why those amazing professionals were so negative and then you know I hit some of the biggest losses in my life because I put my whole heart and my my whole wallet my whole life behind it and it didn't work out and I was just shattered to pieces I mean my whole view of myself just evaporated and dissembled and I thought to myself that's why they are so dispassionate <laughs> they are trying to protect themselves day in and day out to remain kind of create a professional distance um, and so well, I wouldn't urge you to I wouldn't urge you to uh, be dis uh, be uh, to, to not have passion if, if you have it up for a particular issue. But there is a bit of a dynamic where you can feel like when you're with KO or when you're with the campaign, you're sort of in the car and you're not susceptible to what is hitting the windshield. And you have a little space between yourself as a human being and what's hitting the windshield, right? You have that safe compartment. Um, not only can, I hope we can provide that, but hopefully you, you all can develop enough confidence in yourself that that space remains big and large and you don't feel, you know, the tree coming through the windshield. You don't feel the cicadas coming through the windshield. <laughs> so uh, just, that's just an observation I had about, uh, about the space. You know, if we were, if we were trying to, uh, continue to try to attract young people, uh, in your uh, age group and skill set area, and we're facing this dynamic of in a post pandemic world, and we just had new CDC mass mandates, and there's all these queries about being in the office and and on teams and remote. As you know, I value remote more than more than anybody on the planet. But I'd love to understand, you know, what kind of culture we can create that will will continue to attract wonderful uh, young minds like yourself to be a part of our team. What do we need to be thinking about when it comes to that office culture in this post pandemic experience? Because you all know better than anybody else. And you guys are the, you know, you're the pandemic pros. Not many other people are going to have this sort of experience, you know, hopefully. Uh, I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts about that, Stephen. Yeah. 
Um, and I think, I think it's just important to uh, keep this virtual setting as an option. Um, young people especially have picked up on it so quickly um, and it's easy for us and comfortable to be on our phones or be on a computer or something like that. Um, so keeping that engaged within the office and outside of the office, I think would be really beneficial in the future once this pandemic is hopefully over. Um, and I think when it comes to attracting young people, um, getting on social media or getting uh, th through a high school clubs fair or something like that, um, young people want to come work for KO. I jumped on this opportunity as soon as I saw it. So I think it's not going to be hard to attract them. It's just getting the word out. Um, and I think everyone would be happy to work here. Julianne. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to what Stephen was saying about wanting to jump on. Um, I reached out to um, Alan Kittleman, who's a friend of the family, and he gave me a list of places that I might be interested in. And as soon as I saw KO Public Affairs, I said, this is what I would like to do for the summer. I am going to jump on this opportunity. And I was so lucky to be able to intern this summer. Um, but given the remote re environment, I agree with Stephen that I think it's a wonderful option. I don't have to commute. It's a little bit easier to make my own schedule, which I really value. But one thing that I do appreciate is I get to see people. We have meetings. I can hop on video calls and everyone is still very responsive even through the internet. If I send an email, I don't even have to worry. I know I'm gonna get a response back. I know that there are always people who are able to and very willing to help me when I need it. And it's been really nice, especially having just come on this summer to have people that I know will communicate with me even over the internet. You can see it coming, can't you? Can't you see those? You, you, got, you all are too young for um, Star Wars episode four, but uh, what RTD2 shows that holographic figure of Princess Leia. We're not that far away from a time where there could be a corporate boardroom with holograms of all of you in each chair and everybody able to read body language. I don't think we're that far. Sarah, do I sound a little kooky? What do you got? No, not at all. Um, I think that at KO, um, the team did a really good job at remaining connected in the virtual environment, um, especially from what I've experienced. Um, Beth um, and other partners at the firm were always very transparent with me and always willing to provide feedback. And were always asking me where I believe I can be the biggest value add to the company and kind of um, gauging where my interests lie within like the projects that were available, what like what if I wanted to hop on certain meetings because I was um, just genuinely interested in the topic. Um, so kind of maintaining that consistent communication and relationships with the interns is something that um, KO has done a great job with and um, would be a great idea to continue just um, engaging with the interns and um, determining where, where they feel they're the best value add, um, providing feedback, positive and constructive um, when necessary and being receptive to hearing what the interns like and dislike about the program. Not that I disliked anything, but just um, gauging their viewpoints and opinions um, definitely makes me as an intern feel really special and like I'm part of the team, um, which was a great feeling. And I think that is something that KO does well and should continue. You got a few, you, we've got f f a 
number of partners uh, in, in the Baltimore office for uh, myself and Steve and Beth and uh, Rick. Um, I think we're all Generation X. I'd love to know uh, if you have any insights about uh, working with Generation X or some desires to work for uh, baby boomers or, uh, you know, I'd love to understand a little bit of the ge uh, generational dynamic or maybe there isn't one. Love to, love to hear what you think, Julianne. Yeah, um, that almost takes me back to what you were saying about keeping a healthy kind of gap between um, personal opinions and projects that you're working on. And I think um, obviously the generations are very different, but I'm very lucky to be surrounded by people with much, much more professional experience than I have who are able to offer advice. And even in situations where I might do things differently or maybe um, I'm asked to do something that I don't personally believe in, um, which hasn't happened, but I'm prepared for one day when it might. Um, I think it's really great to be able to have those people, but still kind of keep the gap between, you know, kind of my work life and my personal life, but just being surrounded by people who are able to give me the advice and experience that I value so, so much to help me advance in my career has been, I've been very lucky to have that. Yeah, you know, I, it's a, it's an interesting point because I I think about working for candidates. I I think early on working for candidates is terrific. Um, it's just it's it's unbeatable experience because you can understand how elected officials and candidates make decisions. But um, you know, one of my concerns is that uh, well, what I was going to say about the candidate is that it feels to me like uh, there've been many times where I've been a hundred percent behind a candidate, but there might've been, you know, 30% of the issues that I did not support or think were the smartest thing yet. I was still a hundred percent behind the candidate. And I, I guess I bring that same kind of mentality to the corporate experience. I think some of us let ourselves off the hook and think, well, if I don't, if I don't agree with that, I'm not going to work on that, you know, but that's not the way we would have done it in the, you know, we did, we did plenty of hard work for, for decisions we thought were not the wisest. So it's a, uh, it's a tricky balance. How do you, how do you see yourself handling that, Sarah? Has it been, has it been easier or harder to, to manage? Um, I think for me, You're like, I really don't want to save Preakness. I just, I, you know, I can't <laughs> handle another saving Preakness would just be the worst. I'm going to be off this account, you know? <laughs> I really think you hit it spot on with your analogy about the car, that you're sitting in the car and there's kind of all of this going around you, but you got to stay focused on your task at hand. Um, so I think uh, throughout my time at KL, I've been able to separate like work from personal, um, but that's definitely something that came with time. Um, of course, I have like opinions and stuff, but at the end of the day um, with KL, it was like client first. So kind of focusing on the task at hand or the project at hand, but um, maybe taking that time afterwards to reflect on um, the specific issue and kind of analyze where, like where you aligned with it and where you didn't and kind of understanding those perspectives behind it, maybe even if you do disagree. Um, so kind of just separating that work from personal, but taking that reflection time to understand the differing perspective um, is how I've been able to um, succeed in, in working on these projects. Steven, what do you think you're going to learn from somebody like Beth Levine, who's uh, 
It was not only, I like to point out, Division I uh, basketball competitor for Iowa State, but somebody went on to, to be the voice of the entire U.S. Senate for a Supreme Court confirmation. Um, or Steve Carney, who's, you know, worked for governors and, and Catholic cardinals and uh, Fortune 100 CEOs. Interested to, to hear what it's like uh, when you read those people's bios and you go through the interview process with us and the conversation. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're on a Zoom call with these people. I'd love to hear uh, your insights about, um, you know, any um, thoughts or emotions or, or opportunities you saw arise through those conversations? Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, intimidating coming into this job. And I have to admit, before my interview, I did uh, do a little bit of stalking on everyone. <laughs> I googled at least Beth's name. Um, and that was kind of daunting seeing how much she was involved in the Senate and everything like that. Um, but it's been only a positive experience for me. Um, Beth has been amazing. She's kind of led me through the this internship through the summer. Um, and it's just incredible working with all of these people who have such rich backgrounds in the field that I want to go into. Um, and I just get to talk to them over Zoom is so cool to me. Um, and back to what you were saying about the generational thing, I only see that as a positive because I, I've worked with people my age and like when I worked at a restaurant and stuff like that. Um, but I get so much more like experience and knowledge when I'm, when I'm just talking to Beth or, um, to you, Damien, I, I just, I see it. So as su such a, um, great opportunity to work with people older than I am and who have so much experience in this field. That's why I, you know, sometimes I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, Beth and Steve, you know, I got all my training for politics in a restaurant. Like that's how I learned politics, or at least I think the best skill sets I've developed. And some of them are simple, like just opening your eyes a little bit when you talk to people. Not too much that you look crazy, but just a little bit that you show attention. I learned that at, uh, you know, bartending and bar backing and being a waiter. But sometimes I feel like, you know, a KO with, with Steve and Beth, you have like these elite chefs in the back that are cooking up these amazing recipes to get the biggest things done. And then out front, you've got like Rick. And Damien acting like, you know, your waiter and your and your bartender trying to appease whatever thing you need to 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 get done as a client. But at the same time, no, I got to go back and deal with the master chef who's already got the plan that we all, you know, need to consume. So I'd, I'd love to hear your uh, your point of view on the the office dynamics that, that you see around you. Um, in any way that won't get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, I would say in our weekly meetings, uh, Steve definitely takes the lead there um, and everyone follows suit, but it's, it's definitely a level playing field the way that I see it when it comes to our partners and everything. Um, everyone's kind of on the same level and, and just the communication is such a big thing of uh, funny enough in our public relations office, but uh, right, right? <laughs> it's just uh, such a open environment and I've never felt like I couldn't reach out to one of the partners when I had an issue. Um, and it's just been nothing but welcoming um, and just a great opportunity. Julianne, you're gonna have to give me a little color because that answer was too good. So just you know, give me a little, <laughs> give me a little faux authenticity or something. You had any struggles? Um, 
I'm trying to think. Um, I've been lucky to work on a nice mixture of projects. Um, I will say some I liked more than others, but um, just going back to the office dynamic, I completely agree with what Stephen said. Um, it might not be that interesting, but especially because this is a relatively small firm, I would say it's really nice that I'm even if I haven't um, worked individually with everybody, which I absolutely have not yet at this point in the summer, it's very nice to kind of be able to hear what other people are working on and where they stand and kind of how they communicate and the types of things that they work on and what they specialize in. And it just gives me a really um, kind of centered view of what is going on even if I'm not directly involved with anything, which is very valuable and something that I didn't really expect. I didn't expect to be really in the loop about anything I wasn't working on. And I think that open communication, um, just like Steven said, has been so helpful and made it feel so welcoming. I'll give you a real quick example. Some of the things I did as an intern that became essential, uh, I think I've posted this on one of my silly LinkedIn videos, but when I first got my first political uh, internship working for the it was paid internship working for the city senators of Baltimore I had to go down and cut all the news clippings my boss sent me down there to the library of the general assembly and they used to take all the newspapers for the day and then you would clip them and put them in a sort of mimeograph stack of papers so there'd be the and then they break it by subject matter you know and uh then they would hand out at the end of the week all of the articles for the Post and the Sun and the Gazette and all the. This was before they had the things called blogs. <laughs> this is well before Twitter, and there was a big book that went to all the senators, a uh, big packet, and it was all the articles that they could just sort of flip through like that. And uh, I promise you, that is where Center Maryland came from. That's that's what Center Maryland is. It's that library in the bottom, and you and all of us are doing the same thing uh, in a way. Um, and be very proud of Zachary's work on on the, on the new website and 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 how it's moving out there. Uh, any uh, any reaction to uh, how you all? Uh, try to stay on top of the news, how young people like you got, you all, you all can use Twitter as a news feed. I'm sure you guys don't thumb through the Baltimore sun. Cause there's not many pages left to even require that. So I'd, I'd love to know how you create your understanding of what's going on in, in, in the work world that you're immersed in. Steven. Okay. Uh, it's funny and kind of embarrassing, but I have uh, Amazon Alexa in my room. And the second I open my eyes, I ask Alexa for the news and she gives me like CNN's top five or whatever. Uh, that's usually how I'll start my day. Um, and then what, should, what, can, what, she, what can Alexa do on local news? Can, can, can you say, hey, what's, what's going on in Maryland today? I haven't tried that. Uh, no, I haven't tried that. But I uh, do usually hop on Center Maryland, um, which is some, I, something I found out through KO. I didn't even know Center Maryland was a thing, but it's a great resource. Um, and I, I love going on there because I, I just didn't know there was a thing for Maryland politics and stuff. It's just cool. That's right. Um, but yeah, I'll listen to my M NPR po politics podcast and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of all, all I listen to, um, when I'm walking or in the car. Um, I just like to stay engaged as much as possible. How about you, Sarah? Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you, how do you sort of get the information you need from a news standpoint to be 
at an operable level with with KO and the, the public affairs climate? Yeah, I think one thing that I've definitely utilized um, is a lot of the major publications have iPhone apps and you can get notifications on those apps. So if there's like a breaking story or um, you can set your preferences to what kind of you're interested in and what you wanna get notifications for. Um, I can just check the news, my phone will buzz and then I'll have a story that kind of piques my interest and then I'll read that. So I think those, those mobile apps um, with those notification settings has been um, really awesome for me because I can kind of filter what I wanna read and um, what I want my phone to blow up when when something gets published so that's usually how I get my news. Julianne how are you staying in the in the middle of it? Yeah I have to admit um, much too much of the news I get especially um, larger scale national news does come from social media but one thing I've been working on especially these past few years with the election and everything and so much news being everywhere is I've really tried to dig down and find you know if they exist, those centrist, um, as nonpartisan as you can get resources to really get into that. Um, I agree with Stephen, um, NPR, I love using as a resource. Um, but one thing that I've only gotten into recently with my work on KO is the more state and local politics. Um, it's not that I haven't been interested, it's just that things on the national scale are just so much more readily available. So right. um, every morning I go on and I um, post some of the Center Maryland articles on social media. And I found that rather than just, you know, copy pasting the URL, um, I have been going through and I've been reading them. And through that, I've been finding other things that I'm interested in. And just being able to get these, these little slices of Maryland politics, I've been finding very interesting and made me realize that I'm a lot more interested in smaller scale politics than I thought I was. Yeah, I mean, you're closer to the people and you can have more of a, an impact. I think people like uh, Dutch Ruppersberger, who've served at every level, would tell you, you know, that um, that local is, is where a lot of action is. Um, I can't thank you all enough for uh, for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. You think there's anything I should be asking you that I haven't been asking you yet? I think we're good. Yeah, thank you, think you we're so good? much for having All right. us. So national intern, oh, let me give you one tip. I can't help myself. So uh, talk about informing yourself. Um, source documents, right? So let's say you see an article about an elected official being indicted. I'm the kind of guy that would send around a couple articles to clients and inform them, et cetera, et cetera. My brother, who is much uh, more sophisticated than me in the media space and who is just smarter, uh, he, he would dive into the indictment. He would, he, he would see the article, then he would go find the actual indictment that the reporter was reporting from. And then he would pull that and then he would find some amazing thing that like the reporter didn't have or was a piece that the reporter couldn't include in their story. And they would put that up at the top. And it just shows like when you're looking at the source documents, not only you're showing you're going to step further, uh, but certainly in the case of indictments, they're much more entertaining for everybody to read. And it just it just shows that you have a real handle on on the space that's around you. So um, I'd always think about the, the source document gag is always a good one as you, as you work with clients. 
But um, can't thank you all enough for joining us here on National Intern Day. Just appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Steven. Julian, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you all for joining us on Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod for National Intern Day or something to that effect. Thanks so much, everyone.